0: The hosts of the Real Life Wellness Podcast are not licensed medical doctors, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy, nor is it intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any illness or condition. All content and information in this podcast is created for informational purposes only. Please seek medical attention for matters relating to your health and never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Real Life Wellness Podcast, where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life with your hosts, Mary Preston and Kisa Amaro.
1: Hey, welcome back, friends. I'm Kisa Morrow, certified health coach, and I help ambitious moms get control of their food cravings by going beyond the nutrition to develop a healthy relationship with food and themselves.
0: And Kisa sounds super sexy today. Yes. <laughs> and hi there, everybody i'm mary preston i'm a licensed psychotherapist and a life coach and i work with mental health professionals who are experiencing burnout um and just a quick announcement everybody my six-week program focused on preventing burnout for mental health professionals especially you mental health professionals in nonprofits, government jobs and those working in the school system is ready to go
1: Awesome. Um,
0: Yeah, the program is awesome. It's seven weeks long. It's going to help you get re-energized, feel supported, um, start feeling on purpose again, loving your job again. And if anybody listening knows anybody, any helping professionals who's on the edge of burnout, is exhausted, complains about their job all the time, can't seem to let go of the workday, please pass it on. Um, as small business, my best advertisement is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So if you find value in the work I do or the work that Kisa does, please share. (laughs) And of course, if you have any questions about this course, any of our programs, the podcast, anything about health and wellness, come join us in the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa Facebook group.
1: Awesome, Mary. Yeah.
0: I'm super excited about your program. I am too. It's going to be great.
1: It is awesome. Okay, friends. My voice is a little raspy today. Um, I woke up with it was actually worse this morning. Mm-hmm. It would like I would talk and like nothing, like no sound would come out. Not sure what what's going on. <clears throat> However, the show must go on.
0: <laughs>
1: Dedicated to you guys, and I want to get this podcast out to you.
0: I think it sounds fantastic.
1: So, awesome. Also. I got a new microphone, um, a semi-professional podcasting microphone, and I was super excited to use it. And I was telling Mary that, you know, I'd been listening to our podcast because I do subscribe. So if you haven't subscribed, go subscribe.
0: Yeah, subscribe. And
1: so I get the podcast as they come out and I'll listen to them. And I was telling her, I'm like, Mary, you sound so good. (laughs) Like her voice just sounds so awesome. And then I hear my voice and I'm just like, I'm not that I sound bad, but it's like, I could just tell the difference of the quality. And I'm like, I need to get a professional microphone like Mary. Nice. So now I got one and then my voice is doing this. So,
0: yeah. So everybody, you know, hop onto the Facebook group and tell Kisa how amazing her sound is. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Okay, guys, so on to the topic of the day, which is villainizing food. Yeah, y'all. So during this episode, we will cover what villainizing food really is, why we villainize food, uh, what happens when we villainize food, and what to do if you find yourself villainizing food.
0: Yeah, so villainizing. I figured we'd been throwing this word around a little bit, and I was like, I should define what a villain is. So, a villain is the person or thing responsible for specified trouble, harm, or damage. <laughs> so, when we villainize food, we make certain foods responsible for causing us trouble, harm, or damage. Mm-hmm. So, often in January, everyone's making resolutions. I'm sure many of you have one. <laughs> As one year closes, it is common to look back and think about the year before and decide if there's anything you would do differently. And I do love January. I love the idea of creating new goals. I'm all about goal setting. I love looking forward to a fresh new year. Um, And mentally, it's an opportunity to start new things. And looking at surveys so far this year, the top three resolutions are one, to diet or eat healthier, two, Mm -hmm. to exercise more, and three, to lose weight. So... (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So that's the, those are the most common ones. And this means a fresh new round of people is looking up terms like best diet, fastest way to lose weight, fastest way to lose fat. I actually looked these up on the Google. I was like, what are the best search terms right now? Yeah. Um, apple cider vinegar diet was on there. Ooh. And the Google will supply you with plenty of answers, lots of answers to what is the best diet. And... Listen, I don't think there's anything wrong with folks taking their health seriously. January 1st is as good a time to do it as any other time, but here's the problem with most of the resolutions made in January. People are just looking for quick weight loss, extreme exercise that focuses on problem areas, and there's not a focus on health in general. Mm -hmm. And because of this, you'll find a lot of your friends sharing about their restrictive diets. (laughs) folks are going to start sharing about the evils of sugar carbs meat fat processed food mcdonald's and you're going to see start seeing the trendy new miracle foods such as celery juice pomegranate kale sweet potato alternative milks and sugars (laughs) Mm -hmm. people will take on whole 30 paleo challenges ketogenic diets they'll try out vegetarianism the mediterranean diet is the the touted one this year, the DASH mm-hmm. diet. And I heard about Veganuary, which is, I guess, Ooh, trying Veganuary. Out, yeah, trying out vegan for 30 days, right? <laughs> okay. For 30 days. Um, and listen, you know, nothing wrong with forming goals, but what does happen mm-hmm. is a short-sighted restriction of certain foods for the purpose of short-term weight loss. Yeah. And this is not and has never been good for our bodies. It doesn't matter if you're cutting out meat, cutting out vegetables, cutting out sugar, uh, these swings of severe diets followed by the fairly common like falling off the wagon is really hard on our bodies and our weight swings up and down and mentally we become obsessed with what we're eating mm-hmm. and we have the mindset that while on the diet, we're eating quote unquote good or healthy food and we're off the diet, we're eating quote unquote bad or unhealthy food. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: Mary, I was just at a gathering of women. This weekend, and like now that you mention it, like the different diets, is, it was interesting to hear like the conversations, and you know, somebody's on doing this diet, and somebody's you know doing this diet. It's just like the different diets that were just mentioned throughout the conversations is quite interesting.
0: I'm like, oh, there's so I be, many. Should I, should I be on a diet? Yeah, should you be on a diet? Who knows. <laughs> no. Hey, don't we have a podcast about that? I think we do. I think we do. If you it want to know if you should be on your riot.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was last January. We'll share
0: the link to that one.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, it seems like every week there's a new news article or scientific study that tells us not to eat a certain food mm-hmm. in order to be healthy or to lose weight. Uh, then, you know, like the very next week, that same food is praised for its healing properties. Yep. If you stay on top of... You know, these articles and news stories, this can cause you to view certain foods as good or bad for you. The flip-flop of information can cause confusion and can lead to villainizing or demonizing foods. So take butter, for instance. I rarely ate butter when I was younger because it was full of fat what? and <clears throat> heart-clogging saturated fat at that. The fat in the butter would surely make me fat. Like if I was going to eat that, it's definitely going to make me fat. So I stayed away from it and I thought that, you know, I thought of it as a bad food or a food that would make me fat. Yeah. And then fast forward to the present and butter is making a comeback or it has made a comeback, I should say. We are finding that dietary fat doesn't make you fat and that dietary saturated fat doesn't clog arteries. Mm -hmm. Now, butter is a good food and healthy for you to eat. When we refer to villainizing foods, you know, like Mary said, we're looking at the idea that certain foods are either good or bad. And when we say food is bad, it becomes villainized. Just like you know, in a movie or a story, the bad character is the villain and wreaks havoc among people. When food is thought of as bad and becomes the villain, it makes it seem that it is causing humans their problems. We are helpless against the villain until someone comes along and saves us. So food can be villainizing uh, for making us fat, causing weight gain causing cravings, causing digestive problems, causing inflammation, uh, disease, or environmental issues.
0: Darn food does all that.
1: Yeah. So why do we villainize food? Uh, When when you're on a diet, there is food to eat and food not to eat because it will make you fat, uh, make you put on weight, or you will eat it. Um, if you eat it, it will mean you have failed your diet. Yep. You don't want to fail, guys. <laughs> Sarcasm. Um, diet programs often villainize food because it is part of their tactic and marketing strategy.
0: Absolutely.
1: This is what is causing your weight gain. This is what is causing your digestive issues. This is what is causing... You- World destruction. So, <laughs> <laughs> just don't eat these foods and you'll lose weight. You'll solve your problems. You'll cure world hunger, guys. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> little ridiculous.
1: Cows and you'll cure world
0: hunger. Yep. Save the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you, like for real, diet companies use these fear tactics or villainizing tactics to get you to buy into their diet plan when something is the villain we need to get rid of it or in order to make things right to bring peace when we villainize food we get rid of it and it will bring on weight loss or happiness yes
0: and it's just it's like it's so much more exciting for an ad to show us how easy it'll be to lose weight by cutting out the bad foods right right yeah Their promise is it's going to be easy and that by following their magic formula, you're going to lose weight. Finally get that sweet car and gorgeous partner. You're going to Ooh. make friends. You're going to get that raise at work, Kisa. You just follow this oh. diet. Isn't oh. that great? Okay. All you have to do is never eat sugar again.
1: <laughs> oh, Or only eat grapefruit. Do I get, a, a, do I get a Tesla?
0: A Tesla, yes. You yeah. get a Tesla. Okay. Or you just wow. cut out all the red meat. Or GMOs. <laughs> or eat organic. <laughs> or Or just restrict your calories to 1200 or less or standard 23 points a day. Oh, and then it's all all, I have to do. It's all yours. Doesn't that sound so sexy? It is. And then you get that car and that raise and that sexy partner. Well, I should have gotten it by now then.
1: Oh wait, I have, (laughs) I have the partner. Yeah. Good work. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think that was due to what I eat.
0: (laughs) It's just so much more exciting to yeah. To advertise in that way right. and to right. say slow weight gain, slow, weight, yeah, slow exactly. s- not slow weight gain, slow weight loss is the way.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be hard. It's yeah. gonna be. Really it's gonna hard. be hard. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> so we are here to offer you another way of looking at food. We believe and would like to introduce you to the idea that food is just food.
0: Yeah. It doesn't Set.
1: have intentions. It's not vindictive, passive aggressive, or manipulative. Mm-hmm. It's not here to sabotage you or make you fat. Its purpose is not to tempt you or make you fail your diet. Food is just food. It sits on the shelf in its package and that's all it does. Yep doesn't have a conscience and cannot do anything to hurt you or ruin your diet. So why does it seem that the ice cream is calling your name and that if you don't eat it, your life will end? Simply put, your thoughts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Your thoughts about the ice cream make you desire the ice cream. It's not the ice cream that is causing your cravings, but your thoughts about the ice cream that are causing your cravings. It's our thoughts about food that make it good or bad. Yep. So I want to give you a little example. So I used to eat fat-free strawberry yogurt all the time. It wasn't necessarily strawberry, but that's what I'm going to go with. I would have it for breakfast, for lunch, or even as a snack. I It was fat-free, so it was good food. It felt good, or I felt good eating it, and I thought that I was making a healthy decision and doing good for my body and my waistline by choosing fat-free versus full-fat yogurt. This yogurt didn't do anything. It didn't say anything. It was just sitting on the shelf at the grocery store. I was under the assumption that things that were fat-free were healthy and good for, for me. Um, I wanted to eat as little fat as possible, so this fat-free yogurt was the ticket to not gaining weight and even losing weight. It was my thought about the food that made it good. Yes, marketing and media had a hand in swaying my mind and, I say, quote-unquote, educating me about what I would should be eating and not eat, be eating to be healthy and lose weight, but the food itself was not inherently good or bad. Okay, so fast forward to about 2012 when I was deep into my paleo days and dairy was considered a do-not-eat-food or a bad food. Uh, It was the cause of acne, digestive issues, and mucus in my body. Our bodies are you know, only able to process lactose until a certain age, and we are the only animal that drinks another animal's milk. And on top of the no dairy, no dairy the paleo template encourages um, <clears throat> eating fat and not t- taking fat out of foods like the fat-free strawberry yogurt I once survived on. Uh, this now made the once good yogurt bad. And don't forget about the sugar. All the added sugar to the strawberry yogurt was bad as well. So how did this one's good yogurt become so bad? Did it commit a food crime? (laughs) Did it start running with the other bad food and now it can't be trusted?
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: (laughs) No. The fat-free strawberry yogurt is still the same yogurt sitting innocently on the grocery store shelf. It's just that my knowledge and thoughts about it changed. Yeah. It was now a bad food for you know, the lack of fat, the added sugar, and the dairiness of it. Nothing about the yogurt had changed except maybe the look of the label, but my thoughts had. I took dairy out of my diet, and I went a long time without eating it. As we're talking today, I have since eased my bad label on fat-free strawberry yogurt. Uh, it's the equivalent of parole. Do I eat yogurt? Non-fat strawberry yogurt? Um, no, um, but I will incorporate, you know, some plain Greek yogurt into some of my recipes. I no longer look for a yogurt substitute for a recipe. Um, I do, however, not eat it very often as it does cause excess mucus and, you know, it gets a bit annoying when I eat it on a regular basis. And that goes for most dairy in general for me. Um, the difference now is that I don't see yogurt as a bad thing. It's just a thing.
0: It's just a food
1: that I choose not to eat because I know how I feel if I were to eat, you know, fat very sorry, fat-free strawberry yogurt. And to be honest, I don't really like the texture of fat-free yogurt.
0: Isn't that funny after all that time? Yeah.
1: Like it's kind of like, I don't know. I just, I'm not a huge fan. Like I prefer like a thick Greek yogurt over like a fat-free It's kind of thinner and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, I didn't really realize that or let myself be okay with that until recently. So when I pass the yogurt section in the grocery store, it doesn't really have an effect on me. I don't think of it as good or bad. I just know that I choose not to eat it because of how it will make me feel. And I choose to eat foods that, you know, feel good in my body and give me healthy biological response. And this goes back to what I think about this food. Um, It is just food to me. I know how it feels when I eat it, and I don't want it.
0: I was just picturing you walking down the yogurt aisle in the grocery yeah. store, and the yogurt yeah. like jumping out at you, <laughs> attacking. Well, it you. does. It does. Doesn't right it? when it's when it's bad, doesn't it? Yeah, does, it does things to you.
1: Yeah, it does. And
0: truthfully, it just sits there. You know, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> Um, and, you know, I have a similar experience, of course, as to so many of the people listening. Um, when I was in high school, butter was bad because fat was bad. And then in college, I just ate low calorie because it wasn't the type of food I was eating. At that point, you know, I had, quote unquote, learned it was how much I was eating. And right. Over time, I learned that protein was the best and it would fill you up. So I would eat high protein, low calorie. and it, I, I always go back. I think I ate the same lunch for forever. So I'd I'd eat two plain eggs in the morning with like a little bit of um, low fat mozzarella cheese, and then a half of a peanut butter sandwich for lunch, and that's it because it was high protein and low carb. Um, and reading that makes me a little sad. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I did my first of many paleo challenges and learned that out go corn, sugar, beans, processed foods, dairy refined carbohydrates, it's all bad for you. Um, I tried intermittent fasting. I learned that I'm only supposed to eat at certain times. I learned about the ketogenic diet and learned that I need to keep my carbs under a certain number. And then I followed the intuitive diet and learned that I was supposed to eat cake if I felt like it. (laughs) So, right, like all of these years, Mm -hmm. all of these different way of eating, and every single time the food that I was eating was good when I was on the diet and the food that I wasn't eating I was getting rid of was bad food. It kept changing over the years. So what Mm -hmm. is the right way to do things? Hmm. Um, Over all of this time, I think what I learned from my paleo days is to find out how food affects me. Not to listen to the mainstream advice or what is good for other people, but to find out what my body likes and what it doesn't. Like Kisa, I learned that dairy was a bad food on the paleo diet and I cut it out of my food intake for years Unless I was, quote unquote, off the wagon and <laughs> ate a ton of it, because for me, it, like in my history, it's been either I don't eat it or I eat all of it. Um, and then recently with eating intuitively, I learned that the effects of dairy are not as severe as I thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. But I do get mucusy. So is dairy bad because it creates mucus in my throat? Not really. It's just a food, Right. Cheese for me, that's what I eat most of the time. I don't even really like milk or yogurt, it turns out, Um, right? But it's just a food. It's a block Mm -hmm. of fermented milk. (laughs) That's That's all it is. It's never bad. It just exists in the grocery store until I decide I'll buy it. Mm -hmm. And it exists in my cart and then my fridge. It doesn't do anything. It just sits there. Every once in a while, I put some in my chili or stew. It goes into my stomach and then my body creates mucus. And then Hmm. when I do yoga in the morning, my breathing is different. Is it the cheese's fault? Did it do it on purpose? Is it bad? No. (laughs) It's just simply a collection of molecules that my body uses in a certain way. I can choose to put it in my mouth or not. The cheese has not and has never done anything wrong. Are you sure about that, Mary? After all of this time, (laughs) after many tests... After many, many tests. It's I believe that cheese while. is just cheese.
1: <laughs> it's taken us a while to figure this out, but <laughs> yeah.
0: it's been a long, slow road.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. So you guys, what happens when we villainize food? You now when we villainize food, we become the victim of food. Mm-hmm. The food has power over us and we're helpless to its evil powers. Yep. We blame the food when we eat it. We tell ourselves that it was too tempting, that it was just there. And you know, I just couldn't resist it.
0: Definitely. I blamed bread for years. I would like yeah. to continue to, but bread and cookies right. and beer were making me fat. They were doing all kinds of things to me and it was definitely right. their fault.
1: Oh, for sure. <laughs> But you guys, this doesn't have to be the case. When we villainize food, this creates fear towards the food. If the food is bad, then we shouldn't eat it. We become fearful of eating the food even just a little bit. We think that death will be knocking on our door or that we will gain 10 pounds overnight if we eat a bad food or a forbidden food.
0: Forbidden foods. Forbidden. I I like to think of it this way. I was brought up Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) And in the Catholic Church, there was very much good, quote unquote, good versus bad ways of existing. Very clear-cut behaviors that were sins. There were very Mm -hmm. clear-cut behaviors that were right and good. And so many of the sinful things, the forbidden things that felt good, um, were things that felt good, or were just everyday pleasures for other people who mm-hmm. were not following the same rules that we were. Right? Sex, cursing, not going to church, wearing pretty clothes that made me look good, having meat on Fridays, loving who you loved, women in the workplace or on the altar, making money. <laughs> these things, these things were all on the bad list, and. Oh my God. It made me want all of them so much <laughs> okay. right. When I think about Adam and Eve, and uh, you know I, hopefully you've heard the story of Adam and Eve, you know our listeners, right, but Adam and Eve were the the first humans on the planet put there by God, and Eve noticed one of the forbidden fruits, right she wasn't you weren't supposed to eat any of the fruit from this tree, you weren't supposed to eat the apple. Of Mm -hmm. course, she wanted it, right? Of course, it's going to be like, there's a ton of fruit. Listen, you're in the Garden of Eden. It is glorious. And there are the most delicious things everywhere. There are animals for you to eat. There is anything that your heart desires. And there is one Mm -hmm. tree with forbidden fruit on it. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, she wanted it, right? It's the what you like. You're like, oh my God, that's the fruit that I want. Yeah. Yeah. you know, it was an item full of pleasure, full of the most delicious flavors, a delightful experience, and it was off limits. So, of course, she ate it. I I would have. I wouldn't yeah. have taken very long. <laughs> and this is how I felt every time I ate bread, right? Like bread bread was off limits. It was the most delightful, most sinful, most off-limit food. And so if I was going to eat bread or cookies, I would gather as much as I could, <laughs> and I'd stuff in All of the sugar and carbs I could because I knew that tomorrow I was going to swear off of it again. Right. And so many of these things, now that they're just available to me, are no big deal, right? Bread is just Mm -hmm. available. Sex is available. (laughs) I can work. I can become Mm -hmm. a preacher. I can swear all day, every day. Yeah. Um, And because they're not bad or off limits or sinful or they don't have this label, you know, sometimes I'll go for it and sometimes I won't, but it doesn't really like, it doesn't make a difference either way. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for when we villainize food, right? We mentally create a fear of it. And at the same time, we create this really strong desire for it because it's off limits and it's sinful and it's delightful. <laughs> and it's this torturous cycle that we create over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, definitely, Mary. Yeah, and felonizing food can lead to restricting food in a negative Mm -hmm. way. We may restrict the food because we heard that this food was unhealthy or that it will cause weight gain. When we restrict food based on other people's opinions or commands, this will often lead to cravings and overeating. It is, you know, one thing to choose to not eat a food because it will make you sick or it causes Mm -hmm. an unwanted result. But when we are blindly following a diet that is based on weight loss or health, we tend to not really know why we are not eating a certain type of food or why that food is, you know, so quote unquote bad for us. And especially if we really like this food, this will cause cravings and overeating without doing, you know, like when you don't do the thought work behind it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So ask yourself, you know, how are you thinking about food? Mm-hmm. If you are eating a certain way, why are you doing so? Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you notice that you villainize food, what can you do to deconstruct this habit and help develop a healthy relationship with food? Uh, well, we are here for you. We have yes. some tips for you to help you de-villainize
0: food. Fantastic. He's <laughs> a start us off. How do we do it?
1: Okay. So our first tip for you is to be aware of how you view different foods. Do you have a do not eat list? If so, why are those foods on that list? Is it because they will cause you weight gain? Is it because the diet you are currently on is telling you not to eat them? Or maybe it is because the food causes a negative reaction in your body. So just be aware of why you think certain foods are bad. Yeah. And then our second tip for you is to write it down. Yes. You know, it's one thing to think about it in your head, but then go ahead and write it down. Write down all of the food that is bad for you or that you don't eat. And then next to each food, write the reason you think this food is bad for you. And then look at your response. You know, do they come from facts Are there biological reasons you don't eat the food such as, you know, causes eczema or inflammation in joints, or is it because it will make you fat, your blood sugar, or increase your cholesterol?
0: Awesome. Writing things down makes such a difference. Always, always, always. And then tip number three is just to accept your current view on food. You know, I think it's really good to – I think sometimes we want to jump from here's how I was doing things, and now I want to just totally switch it around and change it. But, you know, sometimes it's worth just taking the time to notice and accept, like, okay, here's where I am right now. And society's been telling you about food since the day you were born. You've Mm -hmm. been inundated for years about the evils of certain foods, the miraculous properties of others, and it's okay. You know, we all have. You can't change thoughts that you are not aware of. So finding those thoughts is really important and accepting that those are the current reasons for eating and not eating certain foods is super important. Mhm. And then and only then when you've kind of really taken a look at what your current thoughts are and sat with those for a little while, then you can start to as tip number 4 states create new thoughts. So This is an exercise. You can always do this with any, you know, anytime you're not getting the results you want, right? You list out all of the reasons, all of your thoughts about it. And then in another column, you write a new thought that you would like to have about it, right? So for every one of those food thoughts that you're having, that you believe are bringing you negative results, it's worthwhile to think about alternative thoughts about them. For example, I used to believe that I was addicted to bread. And that seems like not a big deal right? I'm addicted to Mm -hmm. bread. I used to say that all the time. But let's take a look at that thought. If I am addicted to bread, then when bread is around, I will have no choice but to eat it. I will be a fiend. I will desire it so much that it will pull me towards it and I will have no choice. Therefore, Mm -hmm. I must get rid of all of the bread in the house. I can't walk through the bread aisle. I have to stay away from it at parties, right? I can't be around it. I'm addicted. What if bread was just cooked flour, sugar, and salt, Mm -hmm. right? What if it was my choice to eat it or not? So here's some alternative thoughts about bread, right? I could think bread doesn't do anything. Bread isn't that exciting. (laughs) I could Mm -hmm. choose to think about other things instead, like how much I love chili. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) Or I could think about what I want to sow next, right? Instead of putting so much energy on how addicting bread is and how much I need to stay away from it, I could just think different types of thoughts about how neutral bread is. Bread is just food, And I could turn my thoughts to other things like what I want to sew next. Mm -hmm. And I can find other thoughts that are more useful. So it's worth writing those down. One column, what you're thinking about now. And another Mm -hmm. column, how you'd like to think about them. Mm -hmm. And then tip number five is to practice your new thoughts. And this sounds a little silly, but it's really important to practice these new thoughts. If you're keen on practicing new, healthy thoughts about food, then you have to say them over and over again. Because the media will continue to tell you their message of good and bad and feed you the miracle cure for absolutely everything. So yeah. you want to be prepared that when that happens, when those commercials shows up. And I will tell you, I was just watching TV. Like, I don't usually watch TV with commercials. I've, I've gone to, like, Netflix. But I was watching <laughs> Project Runway because I love Project Runway. It's amazing. It's really amazing, and there was commercials about food, and I like I felt myself like, oh yes, like potato chips would be amazing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like it, it doesn't take much. They're really good about like inserting those, you know, yeah. those good food, bad food thoughts into your head, and so that's why like you really want to practice on the off times. And I was like, oh, that's bullshit. Excuse my language, oh, right? Oh, but it's not true. I know. I'm so sorry. Gosh.
1: <laughs> no, i why have to you- agree with you though like yeah. i we're the same we have netflix uh we just have apple tv mm-hmm. and so i don't see commercials very often and then when i go to somebody's house and they have commercials i'm like oh that pizza looks amazing right right now <laughs> and i'm
0: like wait no i don't <laughs> wait wait a second right that's why that's why like practicing pizza. practicing at other times right is a Mm -hmm. really good idea because those commercials are, they're really strong, right? They just put thoughts into your head. That's all they're doing. You know, they're telling you that pizza will, you know, get you that fancy car and that, that new relationship.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: Right. But you want to be in control of your own brain and your own thoughts.
1: Yeah. And just uh, um, I like, as you're going through these tips, Mary, I was just, uh, remembering, that at this woman gathering I was at. Um, a woman gathering. <laughs> <the> woman <laughs> gathering. Was a woman gathering. It was a baby shower. Um, Love it. <laughs> but anyways, there was, it was at a restaurant. And so we're all sitting at this long table. And then, you know, I just come in and I sit down. And I, of course, sit down in front of the cake. Mm-hmm. There's like this beautiful, like homemade cake in front of me. And it was just so interesting to see, like, like I really had no reaction. I'm just like, oh, a cake. It's a cake. You know, and then I went on to like saying hi to people and talking to people. And so it's just so interesting to see, like, mm-hmm. like, I think even like maybe, I don't know, three years ago, four years ago, if I would have done that, like sat in front of the cake, I would just like, oh, my God, that looks so good. I want some cake. No, I shouldn't have some. It's so bad for me. You know, like right. all those thoughts would have gone through my head. Whereas like this weekend, I just sat down and it's just like, oh, it's a cake.
0: Yeah, you can just admire the yeah. And it was
1: beautiful. It was a beautiful cake. It was yeah. very beautiful.
0: It's not good. It's not bad. It's just sitting yeah. there. You can decide if you want some. Yeah, exactly. No yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, all right, friends. That's all we've got for you today. That's our five tips. And thanks for being awesome, everybody, as always, and listening in. You should definitely tune into our next episode. We're going to talk about why it's not your diet's fault because... <laughs> Like food, diets don't do anything. <laughs> so we'll talk about that more next time. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to know more about us, if you have any questions or comments, head on over to our dedicated Facebook group. And then you can also contact me at my website at com or Kisa at her website at com, And that's K-E-Y-S-A-A-M-A-R-O.com. Sweet. If you know someone you think would
1: benefit from the information shared on our podcast, I'm <clears throat> sorry, please share this episode with them. I really want them to hear my voice. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, you know, we, we want to ex- extend our message yes. to and support as many people as possible. And we need your help to get our message out. You know, like Mary said, we're a small business um, and word of mouth is just the best way to share yep. and get our information out. And you know, we would greatly appreciate your help in reaching out to people who could benefit from our podcast.
0: Yeah, tell your friends. Yeah, and of course, if you enjoy the show, we would love it if you would leave us an honest review on iTunes. That um, what it does is it kind of helps us uh, show up in the search bar. You know, so if somebody's searching for a health and wellness show really helps us show up a little bit better. And so it helps out. So if you go to iTunes and search for the podcast page, hit the tab for ratings and reviews and click on write a review. That's it. It's super helpful. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Thanks, everybody. We love you. Bye. (laughs) Bye.